0: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: This is
2: Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? It's had no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
3: Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This just gonna go the distance. Now here's
2: some combination of
0: Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Thank you for watching us on YouTube. Make sure you hit the like button. And as you can see here by all these exciting faces, we have a very packed show here for you. We're doing a half PPR mock draft. We're doing it live as we speak. I'm Jamie Eisenberg. There you see joining us here, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings will be with us as well. I'm sure he's having his wonderful internet connections as he always does. But we have some special guests. Ben Gretsch is with us. Scott Fish is with us. Eventually, I hope Will Brinson will be with us. And again, we're going over our live half PPR mock draft. We are already into round two, some interesting picks as well. And no, Jamar Chase was not the first pick overall, if you remember from our PPR draft. So guys, how excited are you to be doing a live draft right now? Dave, uh, you fired up. You got Bijan Robinson in round one.
3: I've decided to experiment, Jamie. This is going to be an experimental mock for me. I am not using my rankings. I'm going off of more like, here are the players that I really like. And so I don't think I'm reaching when I take Bijan. In uh, middle late round one, what what am I eighth overall? Uh, don't feel like that's a reach at all, and want to see how the team comes out with going Bijan first. I'm sure <laughs> I'll.
0: Then it. Gretch, it's been a while since we talked to you. Uh, excited to hear your thoughts on the NFL draft, the fantasy draft as well. Uh, you know, I, I know you said you've done some some drafts uh, already this off season, since I'm sure the NFL draft is taking place, but probably knowing you <laughs> before the NFL draft as well. So uh, what do you think about this format? Half PPR? Is there, is there, was there a player you were targeting in the first round?
4: Well, I, I was considering Bijan at six. I mean, I mm-hmm. think he's, uh, he's going to rise for uh, the, the we get into the summer. Uh, I don't think it's going to be weird to see him at six in August. Uh, I did take Tyreek Hill in the first round. I, I was come on, wind up with a pretty zero RB build with you guys. So uh, I, I started with two receivers here. I'll probably wind up with with a few more before I before I hit the running back position.
0: Scott, you had the last pick in the first round. I know you uh, you were hoping Justin Jefferson might fall. You yep. know, just on the off Didn't chance so that was the case. He was the number one overall pick. Uh, no surprise, Thomas Schaefer, the a resident Vikings fan that we have here, taking Jefferson number one. <laughs> uh, but you went receiver, receiver with your first two picks: uh, Stephon yep. Diggs, CD Lamb. Was that something you were planning?
5: Uh, no, I'd hope Bijan would get there. I was in a draft last week where he went four. I would take Bijan top 5, so I'm right with I'm with Ben on this one that I w- I would take him in that range probably right after Jefferson McCaffrey Chase. Um but it, they were just the two best available on my on my board. I feel like uh I I considered Pollard a little bit, but um that's the only running back I considered.
0: Your uh, your draft selection caused me to go a different route than I was planning. I actually ended up running back, running back with uh, Jonathan Taylor at 11 and then Tony Pollard at uh, 14 there. So uh, we'll see how that goes for me in a three-receiver league. So you know we typically do three-receiver leagues. We have a flex. Uh, it's a one-quarterback format that we're doing here. And uh, I know Thomas just popped up the first round on the YouTube site. I will read the first round for you so catch you up on where we are right now. So usually we're a little bit behind, actually, for rare occasion. We're actually a little bit ahead of the show. So first pick was Justin Jefferson, followed by Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey at five, Tyree Kill to Ben at six, uh Saquon Barkley, Bijan Robinson to Dave at eight, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, and Stephon Diggs. So Dave, anything stand out to you with the first round of maybe somebody that went too soon, somebody that fell a little bit? What do you think about the uh, the first 12 players that were off the board?
3: No, not really. It looks like a typical first round. The order might be a little different by the time we get to September or late August, whenever everybody's drafting. But I think you'll see some combination. Each of us have a, a different player at the top of our PPR rankings. But those three players are going to be the first three off the board. I think we've entered the time where people are getting nervous about Cooper Cup and he's sliding toward the back end of round one, that could end up being an absolute boon for people. If he stays healthy, if Stafford is okay. Um, I had heard earlier, maybe it was late last week, I heard that Stafford wasn't healthy yet. That was a surprise to hear. Uh, I heard it on Sirius Radio. If that's the case, obviously you can't take Cup even close to round one. So we'll see. But most of all, the makeup of round one, the players that went, no surprises in my opinion.
0: Steve, thanks for uh, popping back in. Hopefully the internet connection is strong. The best internet in South Florida. Uh, You got your number one overall player in PPR at number three in Jamar Chase. So I was telling Scott and and Ben off the air how you have Jamar Chase number one overall in PPR. Is it the same in half PPR as well?
2: Yes. Half PPR, um, non-PPR, full PPR, all the PPRs, Uh, Chase. (laughs) And again, I I said this when we we (laughs) talked about it on the show when I did it the first time. Like. I think it's a coin flip between Chase and Jefferson. So I I, I wouldn't blame anybody for taking Jefferson, but I've got Chase just, a, just a, a, a touch ahead of Jefferson in all formats.
0: Ben, what do you think about that? Should Chase go ahead of Justin Jefferson now that Jefferson has a little bit of competition for targets, potentially with Jordan Addison being their first-round pick in the <clears> NFL draft?
4: I think it's tight. I don't think it's a, a, a clear either way. I'd probably lean Jefferson – I mean, the, the, the potential – for just the monster receiving line is, I think, probably larger there. We saw saw an incredible season last year. I think, yeah, Addison adds some target competition. So does Hawkinson coming in midseason and what he did down the stretch, obviously. But I still think Chase with Higgins is sort of dealing with, you know, a a better secondary weapon to potentially limit his ability to, like, get to that astronomical, you know, target, you know, share range. So probably would still need Jeppesen, but, I mean, they're just – pretty clearly the two most elite at the position. They're so, so good. They're, all their metrics, all their per-route numbers, anything you can look at is just
0: incredible so far in their career. So, you can't really go wrong betting on talent like like those two. Scott, you feel the same way, or is Justin Jefferson the clear-cut number one for you?
5: Uh, I have Jefferson one, uh, but I feel, I feel a lot closer to Ben than I do Heath. I, I do feel like it's close to a coin flip, but I do think Jefferson just, I think the consistencies there a little bit more I think that he's gonna get even more volume with uh Adam Thielen gone from those red zone targets that uh he used to suck up in Minnesota um Addison's a nice addition Hawkinson was doing great at the end but Hawkinson really just took away uh Thielen and the third receiver um ju- yeah just too much a lot more competition for Chase than uh, Jefferson so I have Jefferson ahead I hate this round, by the way. I wanted (laughs) Gibbs and Etienne to fall to me. And, man, my draft is in shambles now.
0: uh, (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping uh, one of Hertz or Allen would fall to me. I I still took a quarterback at 35 with Lamar Jackson, just trying a little something different here at this as well. So we'll see how things go there. When's the last time you took a quarterback in round three, James? Uh, well, I wasn't going to take a running back because I took two, and I know Scott just took two receivers, so we'll see if he takes, you know, one of the guys that I want at that position, so it was just kind of a little pivot play for me, um, but let me recap round one one more time for everybody listening at home, then we'll get into round two, so Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, B. John Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, and Stefan Diggs, for me, Josh Jacobs at nine is a little bit uh, too soon but, again, if that's the running back that you're going to target, I, I prefer Taylor and, uh, and Tony Pollard. But we'll see how Josh Jacobs does coming off an amazing 2021 campaign. So we go into round two. And we are, like I said, we're flying. So we're already almost at the end of round three. So round two. Uh, sorry, that oh, crap. didn't come up the way that I wanted it to. Uh, round two. Here we go. Uh, Scott kicked it off with CeeDee Lamb, followed by Tony Pollard to me, Devontae Adams. Uh, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson to Dave, Jalen Waddle, Amara St. Brown to Ben, Derek Henry, Brees Hall, Nick Chubb, T. Higgins, and Ramondre Stevenson-Heath. Uh, you know, the difference, obviously, between PPR, half PPR, non-PPR, uh, the running back value gets a little bit different, and, and so we still see a lot of the same names going in round two. Do you lean more toward running back or more receiver in this format, knowing that, again, you're still getting some value for reception.
2: Yeah, I had a real hard time between Chubb and Higgins and even Devontae Smith, who was able to get in round three, and I was happy that that happened. I just decided in a half PPR league, I wasn't quite as comfortable with the full um, zero RB strategy, and I had a feeling I actually thought I'd be taking Andrews in round three. I was surprised to see him go a couple picks before me. Um, so I wanted to get that uh, anchor running back. And at the, like the way things are set up right now, Nick Chubb might actually have career high in catches this year unless uh, unless they get Kareem Hunt res- resigned.
0: Scott, how do you feel about the uh, the quarterback value this season? I think we're going to see these guys get pushed up a little bit. Usually, analyst drafts they fall. Uh, we might yeah. see you know more guys going round one this year. You know, for the, our, our draft, they go in round three. And who's the number one quarterback for you? You know, we've had some debate. Should it be Mahomes? Still, is Josh yeah. Allen going to bounce back after you know the injury, elbow injury that he suffered last year? And then clearly, Jalen Hurts, what he did. So who's number one quarterback for you? And when should they go in a draft?
5: yeah, it's still Mahomes for me, but it's it's probably closer to round three about where he went, honestly, that that two three corner is a wonderful point for Mahomes. We've just seen uh, we've just seen a lot of the playoff teams and especially championship teams in the last couple of years have those hurts, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen types. in um, one quarterback, you can stream a little bit more uh, then, then the super flexes, but, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely after watching what's happened with those trends in the last couple of years, going with a quarterback in the, that rounds three through five range. I have trouble doing it in round two though.
0: Ben, what about you? Same question. When should quarterbacks be going off the board and and who are you targeting first?
4: I would probably target Allen first, but I think it's a really tight top tier. Um, the question of when this should be go going off is like an is I think an incredibly interesting one for this off season. We have seen obviously a, a different type of ceiling at the position with more quarterback rushing over the last couple of seasons, and it's it's created a lot more uh, differential between like the top quarterbacks and what they can get to uh, in terms of you know fantasy scoring with, with the rushing plus the receiving, and so um, I just had to make a pick there, but. Um, that, uh, yeah, I mean, that creates, you know, the, the potential that maybe we're back to a, a world where early quarterbacks can, can thrive because there's, it's tough to make a case for a lot of the late round quarterbacks to be able to compete with the point scoring potential of a Jalen Hurts or a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, the types of rushing lines, those guys have shown. Plus obviously, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, the type of passing lines that he can, he can put up. Um, it's just, it, it's truly astronomical what. You know, those guys can do relative to what late round quarterbacks can do at the same time as they start to get pushed up into this third round range. Like I I find myself wanting to wait uh, more than ever because those principles of late round quarterback do still make sense. You can still sort of guarantee some some point production later. Right. In in a way that you can at other positions. Um, So anyway, I'll, I'll probably find myself waiting a little bit more. And so the reality of like where I think they should go is probably still, you know, later third, fourth round. Uh, as opposed to, you know, in some drafts you start to see him in the second. So, I, I, I think it's a really interesting discussion point for for this. For
0: sure. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm I'm typically more inclined to wait. I, I, uh, I wanted to see how this build is going to look. Uh, for me, taking Lamar Jackson, and, and again, he should not go right after Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. You know, those three I think are a different tier than the next three, which I think are going to be Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, and, and Joe Burrow. Uh, But I also think that, you know, the guys that you can wait for, the value that we'll probably end up seeing is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, you know, now maybe Anthony Richardson if you buy into that. And, you know, we've had a lot of discussion about that, and we'll certainly bring that back up once we get to those guys coming off the board. So, again, round two starts with C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson. Uh, Dave, did you consider uh, taking Jalen Waddell, Amara St. Brown over Garrett Wilson? Why Wilson at 17 over those other two guys? The
3: strategy in this mock, and it let's just Address that it is a mock draft and we're all kind of tinkering is that I wanted to take players that I wanted more so than what my rankings tell me. And right now I do have St. Brown one spot ahead of Garrett Wilson. But I just love the marriage of Wilson with Rogers. I think the jets are going to throw plenty this year. And I love the talent with Garrett Wilson. You love the stat. And I love the stat in games where he didn't have Zach Wilson throwing to him 17.2 PPR points per game for Garrett Wilson. And I just think he's got the chops to be even better in his second season, especially with a better quarterback. So it felt like it it was the move that I wanted to make. It it felt more fun. And that's kind of the strategy that I'm going with in this draft, and we'll see if I like my team when I'm done.
0: And uh, even before the the final numbers, he was over 20 points, 21.1 points per game was his numbers before the end of the season. I think the the final two games pushed him down to 17. But uh, he was doing fantastic (laughs) with, again, anyone other than – Then Zach Wilson. So, again, after Garrett Wilson in round two, it was Jalen Waddell, Amara St. Brown, Derrick Henry, Brees Hall, Nick Chubb, T. Higgins, and Ramondre Stevenson. I'll give you round three, and we'll start to talk about some of the guys there. So, again, we're flying through this draft. So, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the draft board. Uh, But here we go with round three. So, the first pick was Mark Andrews. Then the quarterback run starts with Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, Travis Etienne. Then takes Jameer Gibbs. We'll come back to that. Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley to Dave, Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson to me, and then TJ Hawkinson, another interesting pick there to Scott. So uh, Ben, Jameer Gibbs, uh, obviously somebody that's going to be very polarizing to some degree. You know, the second running back taken in the NFL draft uh, being paired with David Montgomery now in Detroit. What do you think about Gibbs and, and how do you think this uh, this backfield is going to look for the Lions?
4: Yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. It's, it is interesting to see them obviously use the 12th overall pick and that type of draft capital after the, the contract to Montgomery and, and at that point obviously still having DeAndre Swift on the roster, who they have since obviously traded. I, you have to love the fit, I think. Gibbs, if you look at his numbers, you know particularly look at like some of the per-route run stuff, yards per-route run, his ability as a receiver in college at both colleges that he played at was incredible. I mean, truly astronomical stuff. And then he comes to a team that DeAndre Swift had massive receiving target shares out of this backfield the last couple of years. Um, they will throw to the backs. Jared Goff, not obviously a mobile quarterback. You you get the mobile guys that aren't going to necessarily check down as much because they're going to look to scramble. Goff's sort of the exact opposite of that. I think it's just a perfect fit for his skill set. I, I, the split is a little concerning. Half PPR, a little concerning, yes, but – I mean, Gibbs is a, an electric talent the ball in his hands. I think he's going to immediately have a really important role in their offense. Kind of tough for me with Amon Ross St. Brown in the second round as well because you kind of want both these guys to catch a lot of balls, basically, especially in half PPR. You're hoping for, you know, eight catch games or something so you can get those bonus points. But, um, I, I mean, I think the Lions are a fun offense to be on, too. They're playing indoors. They're favored to win the NFC North right
0: now. I mean, they're, they're a team that's on the up and up. And we'll see if Ben Johnson keeps it going. I think it's a it's it it's it's a it's a fun pick, you know, and, and hopefully he does take control of that backfield ahead of David Montgomery. The touchdowns probably going to be what sways it for you know those two guys because as we saw with what Jamal Williams did last year. So very uh, very interesting to see how they will work together. Uh, so Scott, I know you're on the clock right now, so I don't yep. want to put you on the spot. So I'll let you make your pick, but I do want to get back to the selection of. Uh, TJ Hawkinson there at the end of the third round. So Heath, I'll come to you just in terms of <clears throat> the tight end value. You know, we we know the first two guys, when they're going to come off the board of, of Kelsey and round one, he went the fifth pick here. Mark Andrews, the first pick or the second pick of uh, round three, first pick around three. When should the next guy come off the board?
2: I, I think for me, it's probably round five. I've actually got Hawkinson and Kittle and Pitts and Goddard all pretty close to each other in that round four, round five range. I, I think there's a pretty big a, big a bigger difference between Andrews and Hawkinson than Hawkinson and that next tier of tight ends. And I just don't know like we saw Hawkinson it was like two monster games with Minnesota. The rest of the time it looked a lot like TJ Hawkinson, which is a good starting tight end, but I don't know that he's going to be a difference maker
0: perfect all right scott you made your two picks so you can come back and and uh, now defend the tj hawkins pick at the end of round three (laughs) is that a homer pick as a vikings guy or is that something legit like you think he's going to be that close to andrews and kelsey in terms of production
5: it it might be a little bit of a homer pick he was a top three tight end once he came to minnesota i don't think he got a lot of uh competition he got he did get addison but uh he's going to be the number two target in that offense he might be our number one red zone guy Um, there might be a little bit of homerism there. Honestly, I I hate that Cook and Hawkinson were my top running back and top tight end on my board at that corner. I I thought I felt like maybe I should have just taken a different one for one of them. Um, but no, Hawkinson I have as my tight end uh, three. And two were gone. Didn't know when the other would come. Didn't like the. Didn't like my running back options too much at that point to take two of them. And felt I could get guys like Pacheco, Pierce, guys that haven't been taken yet. That uh, do you mention players not taken yet sometimes during these? I don't
0: know. i fine because it depends. Our YouTube audience well, can see the like, uh, the board, so.
5: Like, like Rashad White and James Cook and guys like that who might have legit starter roles in offenses, I felt like I could get one or two of those later um, to back up Cook, assuming the shoulder surgery is fine and he does not get traded post-June 1. Um he 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 should be a fine option this year in in what should be a decently high scoring offense. And I I felt I took three of them there that can you know rotate around. But the Hawkinson one, he was just my third rated. He was my number three tight end at that point, and I knew that I was
0: going to be twenty four picks away from another pick. Makes sense. And we talk about this a lot. When you're on an end, if you want to get a guy, you're going to make sure you got to you know try and reach for him a little bit. So uh, you got a feeling on Hawkinson, and make no mistake, he was certainly you know fantastic. A little bit you know, skewed towards some of those big games. But um, if that's the player you want to get, sometimes you got to go get him. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now when we come back and get into rounds four. Uh, well, where we at? Yeah, round four and, and, and beyond, but we're we're flying here. So uh, it's fun to see a draft actually moving and not being stalled by a few certain individuals. So we'll take a break right now here on Fantasy Football Today. All right, and we're back. I'm going to recap round three before we get into round four. For those of you listening at home, again, it started Mark Andrews, Patrick Mahomes, Devontae Smith, Chris Olave, Travis Etienne, Jameer Gibbs, Najee Harris, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and TJ Hawkinson. Dave, I'm going to come back. I want to to talk about Ridley in round three, but uh, Christian Kirk has since come off the board, so we'll sort of just marry that conversation together when we get there just to move the draft along a little bit. Let's get to round four here, and here are the players that were selected in the fourth round. Dalvin Cook to Scott, DeAndre Hopkins to me, Ken Walker III to Will Brinson, DJ Moore, Aaron Jones to Dave, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf to Ben. Keenan Allen, Justin Fields, Miles Sanders, Christian Watson, and Joe Burrow ends the round. So Ben, I want to I want to ask you about the Seattle guys in this in this round here because clearly the Seahawks got some competition. So uh, we'll start with Ken Walker, and now the uh, the pairing of Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet, and then you take DK Metcalf, knowing that Jackson Smith and the Jigba is now part of this receiving core. So is this Seattle offense going to change? Or are we going to see a multiple you know headed backfield? Or are we going to see three receivers thrive with Geno Smith? How do you think this all works after what they did in the NFL draft?
4: The backfield stuff's a little bit tougher for me to understand. I think Ken Walker's really talented. I was excited about Charbonnet's profile. I think he probably plays the passing down role early in his career, kind of the Travis Homer role, right, who is now in in Chicago. Uh, But how the the early down stuff splits with those two is, is a hard one for me. As far as the receiving stuff, I'm a little more optimistic, I think, than most about how JSN will fit. Since Metcalf's been drafted all four years, both Metcalf and Tyler Lockett have had 100 targets. No other Seahawks had more than 63. Now, there's multiple ways to look at that. You can say it's not a good fit for JSN. I would say they don't. have never had a really talented third option, and this offense has been pretty concentrated. I think JSN now fits into the Shane Waldron offense. He comes from the Rams and kind of can be the new sort of Cooper Cup in this offense. He's got that slot-plus profile. Uh, and I, I think we'll see more of a three-headed concentration with their passing game this year than the last couple of years has been very two-headed concentrated but without the ancillary pieces doing a lot. um, And I think the pass rate can probably rise a little bit when you see them take a first round receiver. You you have to be a little bit hopeful about that. Although of course it took a second round running back as well, but um, I I think there's room. And oftentimes when you have like a concentrated three man passing game, it feels like there's not enough to go around, but there's also tons of latent upside there. If somebody were to miss some time, it's one of the kind of cheat codes for me to try to target those types of offenses. Talked about with the Bengals for a long time. If, You know, either Chase or Higgins misses time. The other one's probably an absolute superstar for that stretch. Uh, It was a common, you know, common threat of the Cowboys when Amari was still there and then Gallup and Lamb. It's like all three of those guys get pushed down in projections. But if anyone were to miss time, it it just vaults the other two to a really, you know, uh, high ceiling. And I think that's where JSN is going to be at. If either Lockett or Metcalf misses time, he's going to be as part of that two-headed monster that that we've seen in the passing game the last several years.
0: And Lockett did get a little bit banged up last year. So we'll see, you know, as he's getting into his early 30s, maybe that's something that, you know, comes to fruition. Dave, just uh, since they both went in this round, this feels like an Adam question. But if you were getting, wanted to get a piece of the Seattle offense, would you skew toward the backfield or would you skew toward the receiving core, knowing that this is a three-receiver league? So would you rather have a piece of Metcalf, which would be in this range, obviously Lockett or, or Smith and Jigba, or take the chance on Ken Walker at this spot? I'm taking the chance
3: on Walker, and it's, it's because I think you know, Ben mentioned the target volume and how much the third receiver has gotten in Seattle um, since DK's gotten there. I think that number goes up. I think you've got to project JSN to have more than 63 targets, and it makes me nervous to say, all right, well, it's still going to be the same type of targets for Lockett and DK Metcalf. I think he's there to take pressure off the offense as far as short area passing goes. I think he's going to work the middle of the field. I think he's got a chance to have a bunch of nice catch-and-run plays. Just worried about the absolute volume for JSN in that offense, whereas Walker I think is still going to be the primary rushing downs guy. I did find an area that is concerning that will make people not want to take Walker, and that is inside the five-yard line. He was 2 of 10 last year. His vision was terrible. His blocking wasn't good either, but Charbonnet was pretty good in short yardage at UCLA, and I wonder if he gets an opportunity – sooner than later, to take some of that off of Walker, which would then make Walker, what's the term that you call him, Ben? You invented it. You made it popular. What's it
4: called? Uh, Was it a dead zone back that you're talking about?
3: No, No, I'm thinking about the trap back.
4: Oh, the trap back. Correct. Yes. Where
3: they're not working inside the 20s and they're not catching passes. Yes. And if that's Kenneth Walker, then this is not the time to get him. But I don't think that's necessarily in the cards just yet. It's just something that makes me a little bit nervous about him. This is the right time to take him. I would rather have him than DK.
0: Heath, you take Miles Sanders at 46 overall, and I know you're probably a little bit higher on him than, than falling to the spot in round four. So uh, for anybody that's listening for the first time, give us your thoughts on what Sanders is going to do as a new running back there in Carolina.
2: Yeah, I've got him at the uh, at the 2-3 turn instead of the 4-5 uh, turn, so I was, I was thrilled to get him there. I think that he is going to be... Pretty close to a workhorse back in this Carolina offense. They went out, made him the highest paid running back in the free agent class. He's got his former running back coach there in Deuce Staley. He's got the rare rookie quarterback who threw to his running backs a lot in college. So I'm not sure. I think he'll probably see an increase in his target volume for what he's seen the past couple of years. I think there's a good chance Miles Sanders, if he stays healthy, finishes the year as a top 12 running back.
0: It's very interesting to see, Scott. How do you think that backfield will look for the Panthers with Sanders leading the way?
5: Yeah, I think I think they're going to give him every opportunity, but I do think that there's still going to be somewhat of a split. I've I have a little bit of concern that that offense is going to generate a a ton of points. But we saw we've seen recently, um, even when when McCaffrey left the the combos or foreman or whatever could could put up uh, put up points there. Sanders showed in his first year he could catch 50 passes. Uh, If if they go to anything like that with him, uh, he could be a decent add. A, de- a, de- a de- decent play in the spot he's going.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think round four is the right spot for him. I don't know if I take him at the two, three turn, Heath, but I, I know you're very optimistic uh, being paired with, you know, a coach that he knows in Deuce Daly as well. So we'll see what happens there again. Let's recap round four before we move on. So it starts with uh, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Hopkins, Ken Walker, <laughs> DJ Moore, Aaron Jones, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, Justin Fields, Miles Sanders, Christian Watson, and Joe Burrow. You like football? Well, there's always different kinds of football, and the UEFA Champions League is on Paramount+, Plus and is down to the final four teams with two epic semifinal matchups. Defending champs Real Madrid take on tournament favorite Manchester City in a rematch of last year's stilling semifinal. Plus, it's a clash of Italian titans as Inter squares off against AC Milan in a battle for city bragging rights. Find out which clubs will reach the ultimate goal in soccer's greatest yearly competition. Stream every Champions League semifinal match exclusively on Paramount+. Plus you can try it for free at ParamountPlus.com slash sports. All right. So we had our first auto pick, I think, in a while. Will Brinson, they think he's trying to get on the show. So that could be what's the cause for Will's delay. So I'm going to suspend this real quick, and we can catch up on round five here as we move into the next round. So round five, here we go. Will is saying he's ready, so I'll let him pick. So here we go with round five. We had – oh, I got to back out his pick. Sorry. Uh, Will's got to take himself on autopilot. We're going to make fun of Will when he comes on because it's apparently his first time he's drafting. So there you go, Will. All right, round five. Here we go. J.K. Dobbins to start round five. I think it's a great pick. Uh, Jerry Judy, Drake London, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Terry McLaurin, Kyle Pitts, Christian Kirk, uh, Mike Williams, Joe Mixon to me, and then Isaiah Pacheco to Scott. So let's start with the uh, the topic I brought up earlier. So, Dave, you took Calvin Ridley in round three, Christian Kirk goes in round five, and I want to get uh, Ben and Scott's take on this as well. How do we think this Jacksonville passing uh, receiving core is going to look? Who's the best option and value here? Is it better to go Ridley in round three or Kirk in round five? So, Dave, uh, why'd you take Ridley in round three?
3: I'm excited about Ridley as far as him coming back and playing like he did when we saw him in Atlanta. 14 PPR points per game in 2021. 18.5 PPR points per game in 2020, and Scott Fish is upset with another pick that just went in the draft, and I love it when he's on our mock draft (laughs) because he always gets really angry about mock picks. I love it. I
5: had Marquise Brown, Jahan Dotson, and the guy I'm about to pick in my queue, and you just took two of them in a row. Well, (laughs) well,
0: if it it, it makes you feel any better, Scott, I don't care about these mock drafts. So you care too much. There's Will Brinson. For those of you listening, he just uh, he just joined us, and obviously when I, I Will and I were texting this morning and I, I said 11 o'clock I don't know maybe four or five times uh he thought it was 12 o'clock so <laughs> we'll you said
1: go. you said we're doing the mock draft and then the show which I assume meant we're doing the draft followed by the show
0: well, I also sent you multiple emails and said here. Well,
1: I, now, if you want to dive into the issues that I have with the Paramount migration and my email not coming through, that's a whole different ball of wax, buddy. Yeah, I don't want
0: you to get fired. So why don't you keep those? Uh, it's up. fine. Uh, so, so we'll actually, we'll, we'll get back to uh, the really, we'll actually, since Scott brought it up, will made the decision for me because I, I took DeAndre Hopkins and as of right now, he's on the Cardinals. My next great highest ranked receiver was Marquise Brown. I'm like, do I really want to tie myself to Colt McCoy throwing to DeAndre Hopkins and and marquise brown and the answer was no so i was going to just pivot to my next rank guy which was Dotson. but will made the decision easy for me uh scott you end up taking Traylon Burks. let's get back to jacksonville so dave you like ridley over kirk uh oh crap (laughs) uh scott you're still on the clock so i'll let you pick so so ben uh which which uh which jacksonville receiver do you prefer and again we're probably gonna see ridley go ahead of (laughs) uh of kirk and so factor in cost when you're drafting these guys
4: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really similar to the point I was making about Seattle. I was actually thinking about the Jacksonville passing game from last year when I was thinking about it in in, in that it was this concentrated passing game that went deeper than just, like, the top couple names. It was really three and a half. I mean, Marvin Jones was sort of the half, but you had Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram as the three main cogs. The passing game was much better last year. You know, Trevor Lawrence taking a step forward. But you had this concentration where any of them could spike sort of at any given week. We saw a huge game from Evan Ingram down the stretch. So a huge game from zay jones or a couple big games from zay jones and then obviously yep. kirk kind of the most consistent throughout i think you're going to see something similar there where all those guys are running you know 95 percent route rates not every team is is that extreme with their their main receivers but ridley kirk zay evan ingram i think are all going to be out there on basically every passing game based on the way that they ran things last year in jacksonville or every passing play and, and i mean you're going to have some you know, some guys pop off certain weeks. There's going to be a little bit of inconsistency. I think they're all pretty solid. I mean, at cost, I, I might like, you know, the the really cheap ones. Zay Jones and Evan Ingram as sort of right. some late round options. I do still like, you know, getting the the, the plays of, of Ridley and, and Kirk at, at those prices as well.
0: Scott, what do you think of Ridley's return? Are we going to see what Dave was talking about, the guy that left us when he was, you know, at his peak in Atlanta? Or are we going to see, you know, a guy that took a year plus off football with a new quarterback, with a crowded receiving core, maybe struggle a little bit and get overdrafted.
5: Uh, yes, yes, and then add in the fact that he was playing on a broken foot and that guy in Atlanta was pretty dang good on <laughs> with a foot injury. Um, I think he's going to uh, probably be slow to start. Uh, gain, It seems like he's working his butt off to try to get back in shape for it. But uh, the speed of the game will come back to him pretty quickly, and I think he's going to be – I think he's gonna be almost what he was in Atlanta. He took over for he took he basically took the one role over there pretty the well when he early on he was the two pretty easily, but uh he, he became such a fantasy stud. Um I think I think he's going to probably share with Kirk, but I think that offense is gonna be good enough that he'll be pretty close to what he was.
0: I made the 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 comparison to What I hope would be what it looks like uh, to Tampa Bay, where I think Kirk plays more of the Godwin role, leads the team in targets and receptions, Ridley plays more of the Evans role, big plays down the field, leads them in yards, leads them in touchdowns, both obviously great. Um, I think just Trevor Lawrence is going to have a huge step forward and, and, and be that next breakout quarterback that we saw some flashes of last year. Their schedule is very favorable. Division stinks. Uh, they're going to potentially lead the NFL, or be, not, not lead the NFL, but be among the league leaders in in point scored. I just like the situation for the uh, the London Jaguars there. And how that's all going to take out. Uh, that's, that's by
5: the way, the quite the going to be so potent that it, it's going to be able to support both Kirk and Ridley as you know top 24 receivers I,
1: I also think too, like you've got those two divisional matchups where you now have these rookie quarterbacks in CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson. And I know that we don't think these offenses will necessarily be high flying per se, but if they're losing because the defenses aren't very good, they're going to let them throw. And you got you know, D'Amico Ryan's defense should be much better in Houston, but Gus Bradley, man, in Indianapolis, uh, quite the Dave uh, seventh round, quite the gamble on Jameson Williams. There,
0: we're in round eight, Will.
1: Well, it was just a gambling joke about
0: because he got suspended <laughs> for gambling. Uh, let, let's get, <laughs> let's catch up back to round five because I want to ask Will about one of his picks. So, J.K. Dobbins, Jerry Judy, Drake London, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin, George Kittle, Terry McLaurin, Kyle Pitts. Christian Kirk, Mike Williams to Will, Joe Mixon to me and then Isaiah Pacheco to Scott. So Will, Mike Williams obviously got company with Quinton Johnston joining the Chargers. Uh again, another receiving core that added a pretty significant piece. So Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Johnston, how do you see this all working?
1: Uh yeah, that was kind of uh the final Actually, I thought I think was Joe Mixon accidentally taken or was like was he accidentally drafted and then in the you know, so if somebody gets accidentally drafted their name pops up
0: in the chat. Did I miss that or uh, I don't think Mixon was drafted. Though. Cause I
1: probably would have taken, I, I thought I saw Mixon being drafted. I, I could have just read it wrong. You know, tiny little font in the draft room. No um, big deal. Uh, the, you know, I, I probably would have taken Mixon there if I'd been more aware and wasn't, you know, doing my real job um, in addition to this, this fantasy draft. But uh, Williams is kind of the back end of that. Like it, basically, there was that run of wide receivers there Yep. sort of where I had them tiered. And Williams was the last guy in that, in that tier. Um, so I decided to go with him. Three wide receiver, you know, PPR. He's not, you know, he's not ideal for half point PPR. But I think, you know, the fact that it's not full point PPR certainly elevates him. Um, at, you know, this is a guy they gave they gave good money to. Although you look at his contract with Keenan Allen's contract, and it's not necessarily like they they could be redoing that wide receiver core in a year. I don't think they're going to be doing that. But that that explains the Johnson pick for sure. Uh, you know, the need to to replenish what they what they've got there with with the Chargers and Herbert um, and. You know, I didn't. I just didn't love the idea of passing up Williams. Again, the back end of that tier for me to go after Pacheco, Pierce, or Montgomery, Mixon, maybe a different story. Um, although, you know, we saw them certainly mix things up a little bit. No pun intended, actually. Uh, in in Cincinnati, over the, as, you know, as, as we
0: talked about, we talked about this a lot with some of our drafts. That if if Mixon gets to August and he's still on the team and the lead guy, he's not falling to round five. You know, that's just not right. going to be the case. So, I, you know, again, it just was me taking the, the best player available that could have very significant value. Uh, Scott, I want to ask you about this, and then I'm going to follow up with Heath on just the philosophy. So, Scott, you end up with the turn being Isaiah Pacheco and, and Damian Pierce. And Pierce probably fell a, a lot more than I think we, we were expecting to go. So after starting receiver-receiver mm-hmm. with, uh, with C.D. Lamb and Stephon Diggs, to end up with Dalvin Cook, Isaiah Pacheco, and, and Damian Pierce, and even had the tight end mixed in there as well, you got to be pretty thrilled about that, that running back group.
5: Yeah. And I kind of mentioned it the last time we came to me talking about Hawkinson, that, that, that was a little bit of my plan was to wait on those, those types of guys. My last turn I'm so mad about, I, I, I I want to talk about, well, we'll get to it, but uh, (laughs) um, yes, I'm very happy to get three of those. I have a couple other later running backs that I'm, I'm, I can add to that, you know, backfield for myself, but man, that last turn,
1: (laughs) Heath, when no, you, I mean, when you do you s- want? Do you want Hollywood Brown? I'm mean, gonna give it to you for like a, <laughs> like
0: a I don't know. Heath, when, Lamb, straight up. Heath, when you see that uh, that that philosophy um, play out the way that it did, that that's got to be a pretty good basis for picking at the end and getting <laughs> just great running back value like that.
2: I I think I thought the Pierce pick um, when I took Miles Sanders in round four. Uh, Pierce was my next best player available. Like, I thought Pierce fell at least a round further than he should have, and that yeah. really kind of saved the strategy. But, yeah. but looking look looking at it now, like, if the choice is you can have Aaron Jones and Dallas Goddard, who you would have taken there, or you can have Damian Pierce and TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I think that's that's kind of what it comes down to, is, is Pierce as close to Aaron Jones as Goddard is to Hawkinson. I'd probably say Goddard and Hawkinson are closer. But um, – but if Pierce is what he was last year, then this worked out perfectly.
5: I, I could have I, also taken guys like Rashad White in, uh, in that spot as well. There, yeah. there were a lot of options right in that spot, even if I didn't get Pierce. Yeah,
1: I was that- really debating between Williams and Pierce there too. And it, it was sort of – I was trying to like on the fly figure out what Scott and Jamie might do. But with three wide receivers and you know three wide receiver slots plus a flex – and only two, I think, what, two rounds, or it was hard to figure out if you guys were definitely going to go running back there, and and I gambled and lost on Pierce. Um,
0: Yeah, and, you know, when we get to our teams, uh, passing on receivers early is going to end up something that might cost me, for example, because my first three picks were two running backs and and a quarterback, and then ended up ending up with with a third running back there in the first uh, five rounds, so. Uh, my receiving core may suffer as a result of this big run on uh, receivers that we saw early, which is no surprise, you know, given the people that we are drafting with. All right. So, again, I'll recap round six. Damien Pierce, Dallas Goddard to me, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Darren Waller, Dustin Herbert to Ben, Rashad White, Kadarius Toney, James Conner, Damien Harris. A little surprise there. And then Alvin Kamara falling in this draft. So, um, again, we will see where he sort of ends up. Uh, once the uh, the legal stuff is settled, and if in fact he is going to be suspended, so um, Ben, I'll ask you about this. Uh, Kadarius Tony, how do we see this uh, this Chiefs receiving core shaping up this year, and the talk that he could be the number one guy?
4: I think you're just talking about guys that have a wide range of outcomes, right? And anyone in the Chiefs offense, uh, particularly in the passing game, obviously there's ceiling there with Patrick Mahomes, but I mean. Every time Gary Stoney gets on the field, we get like three snaps, and then he's you know, he's back off the field. I the, the floor is obviously low as well. The floor for Sky Moore after last season is very low. But he, you know, maybe he could be a year two breakout. Uh MVS never really shown true ceiling. I thought he was kind of overdrafted last year on you know, sort of a, a solid contract. Um, has a decent year, but kind of showed that same, you know, limitation in terms of the real upside. So not a guy that I love there. I mean, it's it's a passing game. I think probably the rookie Rasheed Rice is maybe the, just because from an unknown perspective is the one that has the most. It, it excites me the most at cost. But, um, yeah, you're just talking about really wide,
0: wide ranges of outcomes as, as far as I see it. I, I think it's a really hard one to, to parse. Let's get to round seven here. And it starts with Traylon Burks, Jahan Dodson, Marquise Brown. We've talked about that a little bit. Uh, Brandon Ayuk. I'm reading it back. I'm reading the wrong way. Sorry. Uh, let me start at the beginning of the round. Mike Evans kicks off round seven, followed by Zay Flowers, Javante Williams, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, uh, Michael Pittman, mm-hmm. Tyler Lockett, Trevor Lawrence, Brandon Ayuk, Marquise Brown. Jahan Dotson and Traylon Burks. Uh, Dave, uh, the order of the um, Steelers receivers. So George Pickens ahead of Deontay Johnson. I think it's easier in PPR to justify it that Deontay Johnson should lead them in receptions. (laughs) But when you see this here in half PPR, who should be the first Pittsburgh receiver off the board?
3: I'm good with either way because I think that Deontay Johnson can still maintain a high target share in this offense. I am a huge George Pickens fan. I think that he is an exciting talent. And I I think that he could end up leading them. It's almost like what we were saying about another team earlier, uh, maybe Tampa Bay and maybe what you guys think is going to happen in Jacksonville, where one receiver leads a team in targets and catches, another one leads in yards and touchdowns, just because they've got different types of roles in the offense. And I think that there is room for Pickens to be better. I'm probably just going to settle on – here's how I'm going to settle on this one. Johnson's going to be my favorite in full PPR. That just makes the most sense. Whichever one I can get a little bit later, even if it's five picks later or a half round later, something like that between Pickens and Johnson, that's the one that I'll prefer there.
0: Keith, what do you think about Javante Williams falling all the way to round seven? This might be the lowest that he's gone so far in any of these drafts and just the uh, the setup for this Broncos running back group, You know, knowing that he's coming off this ACL tear.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of view him right now um, like I should have been viewing J.K. Dobbins last year in that like you may not get anything from Javante Williams early in the season. Um, it may take until the end of the season before he looks really good, but I feel like round seven is late enough. In fact, I believe he was my fourth running back and, and I didn't really want to take four running backs in the first seven rounds, but I, there's nobody that I could see that had the upside that he did, especially late in the season. So I just went ahead and went with it. Uh, maybe by the time James Connor breaks down, Javante Williams is okay. Uh,
0: or maybe just get both of them being okay and hopefully get a great season there. Will, what are your thoughts on the, uh, the Ravens receiving core? So, um, Jay Flowers, I believe, was the first one drafted. I think Beckham has since gone um, in the draft. So how do you see those two uh, working together in fact, and factor Rashad Bateman as well?
1: Uh, by the way, on the Chiefs thing, um, I was just looking up really quick because I, I thought in the back of my head this is the case, but I believe only two rookie wide receivers under Andy Reid since dating back to 99 with the Eagles. And it's Deshaun Jackson and uh, Jeremy Macklin have had more than 750 receiving yards uh, in their rookie season, I tried to do the Chiefs really quick. That didn't sound right for Tyreek Hill, but I think it's possible he didn't top that. He, I don't A think he did. I think
3: it was rushing, touchdowns were good. Yeah.
1: which, I, which I'm yeah. just saying. Like if you think about Sky Moore in particular, and then um, uh, what's his name Rice, right? The Ray uh, Rasheed Rice. Hmm. You know how you, you know how you, you know, just just thinking about how the Chiefs will operate with Andy Reid, like. You know, we saw we we sort of thought that with Miko Hardman that all right, second year maybe this is where he comes on strong and and it sort of develops. But I but I, my point being is I do think there is a single year sort of to, to learn the offense, learn the nuances, get gain Andy Reid's trust. Where Skymore could be, I, I like the upside of of him. As for the Ravens, man, I mean, I I don't see how this is going to be less friendly for Lamar Jackson and these receivers with Todd Munkin running things than it was with Greg Roman. I mean, Roman is, you know, even you, know, you look at you know, the success he had in San Francisco and, and just the, but the very, like, very singularly approach towards using the, the quarterback's legs to sort of set up the offense and how that's going to work. And then you watch what Georgia did and I'm not suggesting it's going to be identical. We've seen Munkin, you know, in, in other spots in the NFL Tampa Bay, of course, but I, I mean, I think we, there's deep play potential. Um, Brady Quinn called, uh, Zay Flowers, the next Antonio Brown in terms of on the field, obviously, which is an insane compliment when you think about what Antonio Brown did. Yeah. Antonio Brown was a Hall of Famer on the field. If he did not do all yeah. that crazy bleep off the field, he's probably in the Hall of Fame if he like five years from now after retiring. Uh, he's, I mean, if the, the voters say it doesn't matter what they do off the field, but I don't believe that with Antonio Brown, um, see Terrell Owens. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of Zay Flowers used horizontally and vertically in a way that, you know, you can kind of allow him to be a rookie, get the ball in his hands in space. You know, we've seen it, Kadarius Tony uh, specifically, guys were you know, you just, Jalen Waddell, you know, get the ball to them in short yardage and let them use their skill set and then also stretch it vertically. Yeah, you know, I don't know that I trust Odell Beckham to come in and just be, you know, like whatever – whatever we're supposed to believe he's going to be based on the coverage of Odell Beckham the last 18 months. Cause like, you know, clearly he's overhyped uh, in terms of how he's been handled in the media. Um, we've seen some stuff on like, you know, Instagram or whatever, where he's, he's looked explosive and, you know, he was very good for the Rams the last time we saw him uh, for me, it's kind of like Zay flowers, I think provides maybe the most upside, but you know, Bateman, I mean, like in this offense, could be a much much better player. I just think Munkin's going to unlock a lot more in the passing game than than people sort of expect from the Ravens' wide receivers. Obviously, right, Andrews is a stud.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to make uh, Lamar Jackson, if he continues to run at the same level, a very very uh, uh, highly productive fantasy option. That's for sure. All right, would so you again, would you have rather
1: had uh, I I drafted Josh Allen? I think one pick before you took Lamar and Hurts went right before that. Is is that do you have it ordered differently, Jamie?
0: I have it ordered the way that it went. Mahomes, okay. you you took
1: uh, – I think it went well, Hurts, Hurts, Allen, Lamar, and back Mahomes, to back to back.
0: Mahomes, yep. Allen, Hurts. Like I said, you, you weren't on this. I said I, I normally would not have taken Lamar Jackson so close to those three. I think there is a teardrop after those guys, but uh, just doing something different. Plus, I was trying to host and manage this and looking for you, so I just took the first player I saw. I, um, I, but, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I was busy uh, drafting Josh Allen. Yes. Um uh, Scott, I want to come back to you because while we wrap up round seven, yeah. um, this was the spot where you sort of had the your, your queue emptied. Uh So it went Marquise Brown, Jahan Dotson, you took Traylon Burks. So talk about how that worked out for you in, in getting Burks at that spot.
5: Yeah, Burks is the one I, I, I did want. I, I wanted Marquise Brown, Jahan Dotson, or Traylon Burks. Burks has just almost no competition for targets <laughs> down there in Tennessee. So I wanted him there. Uh, what I really want to talk about is the second pick where – I took Gabe Davis, uh, I have Addison h- ranked higher than him, but uh, I took Gabe Davis, just I didn't want another Viking on my team, but I'm really, really pissed <laughs> that I let Anthony Richardson go there. Um, I have routinely taken Richardson in the eighth or ninth, um, and my my theory on it in one quarterback leagues is, if he hits, he can be, you know, with Shane Steichen, with what what was done in, in uh, Philadelphia, with uh, how that offense might run and how Steichen might use him, he could be. I have him ranked in my top twelve. He could be a top twelve quarterback with that rushing upside if they if they get the pass game, you know, working with him. If the accuracy, I've, you know, it it seems he's more uh, inexperienced than than truly just not not accurate. <laughs> um, uh, I I think he could be a top twelve quarterback and with that rushing upside, I would take him in a one quarterback league in the eighth or ninth round. Because if he doesn't hit or he doesn't start right away, like there are the look at the quarterbacks still available right now. You got Rodgers, you got cousins, you got Geno Smith, you got Kyler Murray. You got, you got tons of options. You can get late to stream.
1: I'm good with Lazard. Sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I agree. We, in the first draft that we did, um, Jacob Gibbs is not in this trap with us. He took him, I believe it was round six and he took him ahead of uh, Herbert and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, again, you're talking about upside, like you said, one quarterback league. I know Heath, you feel a little bit different about super flex and and two quarterback leagues with Richardson, but uh, to get him in in that spot, I think is, is somewhat valuable.
5: Yeah. I'm, I'm mad that I took Davis. Once I saw Richardson go five picks later, Um, Richardson should have been the pick there.
0: All right, so let me wrap up round seven. We'll get through round eight, then we'll go through our teams. I don't want to keep you guys too long. So uh, round seven, just to recap it, we had – I'll read it the right way this time. Uh, Mike Evans, Zay Flowers, Javante Williams, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, Tyler Lockett, Trevor Lawrence, great pick by Dave, just great value. Brandon Ayuk, Marquise Brown, Jahan Dotson, Traylon Burks. Let me get to round eight here. I think I'm on the clock. Uh, round eight, I'll read it the right way. Um, Gabe Davis, Jordan Addison, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermuth, Jamison Williams, AJ Dillon, James Cook, Anthony Richardson goes in this spot, Devon A chain, David Njoku, Chico Chigo Conquo, Michael Thomas. So Dave, you got Jameson Williams. Will made the joke. Uh he, he was surprised that you uh, bet on him. Um, what do you think about uh letting J- getting Jameson Williams in, you know, I don't know where he is on your roster yet you I haven't have looked, but uh do you uh, he's expect? he's on the bench. Okay, so that's uh, that's gotta he make has- you even more, more happy.
3: Well, no, he's on the bench because I can't use him for the first. That's what I'm saying. You didn't didn't draft him to be a,
0: you didn't draft him to be a starter for you.
3: No, no, no. And I definitely have a need at wide receiver. My wide receiver three right now is Isaiah Hodgins, but really uh, I'm just going to collect wide receivers for the rest of this draft. And if we were playing out this mock draft for real, I would just use the receivers that I get late combined with what's on the waiver wire to try and find my wide receiver three until Jamison Williams comes back. When he does come back, He's not coming off of a torn ACL. He's not a rookie anymore. He's had a little bit of experience. He'll be in training camp with the Lions he'll have a week worth of practice before he gets to that point. I think he's got a chance to be outstanding in that Detroit offense. Downfield threat, huge play receiver, can also work in the short area. And to get a guy of that much upside in round eight, and maybe you, you, people watching will find him in rounds nine or ten because there isn't as much excitement about him. I think that's just smart drafting. You're, you're just taking a chance on somebody that can be just an absolute weak winner for you four or five times over the course of the remainder of the season when he comes back.
1: Did you think about parlaying him with Marvin Jones here? Or did you <laughs>
3: I, I thought about doing a like a teaser, but uh, no. Nah, I, I should have said you're teasing me. Today. I
1: mean, I do. I do think like the. I mean, I love Jameson Williams. I think he's a stud. I just sort of wonder if it's like one where based on who you what you go early at wide receiver that changes
3: whether or not you want him, right? Sure, but there there was not there were receivers that I wanted to draft. Wait, did
5: you
1: draft
3: Ridley time too? Time what? What, are you, what, are you, what are you, addicted
1: to rubber- <laughs> <laughs> gambling wide receivers? I guess. <laughs> I guess so.
0: You know? Dave, Dave's waiting for Quentin Severs.
1: You
5: forgot to mention that Jameson Williams averages 41 yards per catch. That's, that's really good.
0: then <laughs> 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 um, I want to ask you about James Cook because, you know, clearly we get a lot of questions about the Bills' backfield. And Damien Harris actually went ahead of James Cook in this draft. So uh, how do you see those two guys and even factoring Latavius Murray all working together?
4: Yeah, I mean it's a, a tough backfield to, to to figure out. Certainly, Damian Harris not a huge contract, but also just a you know pretty clear skill set that as a you know want to limit Josh Allen's rushing and, and the hits he's taking and um, the goal line stuff is just so so important. Obviously, um, you got to think that's Damian Harris's role. At the same time, Cook was a very productive back in year one. They let the other guy, you know, this part of the backfield go in uh, Devin Singletary, who they've liked and, and, and had around and used more than I think people wanted him used. Or, you know, some people were kind of detractors. I've always thought he was underrated. Um, Singletary, that is. But Cook, you know, explosive last year, looks good, has some fumbling issues early, doesn't get a ton of playing time early, but looks good the rest of the way. And, I, I mean, I think he's going to be a part of whatever their backfield, however, takes shape, right? And so, uh, you know, this is sort of a – zero RB modified. I mean, obviously I get Gibbs in the third round, but I, you know, cooks a guy that I think will play and we'll get some yardage and I can play at the RB two spot. And I'm hoping that my lineup's really good everywhere else. Basically.
0: Heath, you take David Njoku uh in this spot here and he goes one spot ahead of Chigo Conquo. So I know you're typically a tight end early guy. Uh, this is not something we're used to seeing you doing. So, what do you think about Najoku now that there's a very crowded receiving core in Cleveland with the addition of Elijah Moore and Cedric Tillman? And then, did you factor in maybe Oconquo or some of the guys that went after him, Dalton Kincaid, uh, Greg Dulcich? You know, how are you viewing Najoku compared to those guys?
2: I, I've got a pretty big gap. I've, I've got Njoku up there with Fryermouth and and actually ahead of Evan Ingram. I've got a pretty big gap after them, though. I You know how I feel about tight end buckets and wide receiver buckets. I don't think Elijah Moore and, and Tillman are going to affect Njoku's targets very much. This offense has had a role for the tight end in the passing game for as long as Kevin Stefanski's been in Cleveland. So I And I do think that the, the bucket for everyone gets bigger because they've really signaled they're going to go more pass heavy with Deshaun Watson having a full off season and being their quarterback. So I, I expect Najoku's targets to either be the same or better than they were last year, and he will be a top eight tight end. Love, love, love Okonkwo, but he, there's a gap for me between those guys. I probably wouldn't take him for another round or two.
0: All right. So again, the tight ends in this round. Evan Ingram goes to Will. Uh, Friar right after him. Then we get Najoku and Okonkwo to wrap up the round. So I'll give you round eight, and then we're going to go through our teams. Again, if you're following on our YouTube page, uh, p- please hit the like button. But you can see we're much far ahead of the uh, the first eight rounds, and we will have a full recap of this um, draft on Sports.com. All right, so here is round eight. It goes Gabe Davis, Jordan Addison to me, Evan Ingram, Pat Fryermouth, Jameson Williams to Dave. Uh, A.J. Dillon, James Cook, Anthony Richardson, Devon A. Chain, David Njoku, Chigo Conquo, and Michael Thomas, to Thomas Schaefer. All right, take a quick break here when we come back, and I'll give you a recap of our teams so far. We will go a little bit ahead of where the draft is just to show you where we're at, Uh, but we're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Football today. All right, and we're back, and just want to catch up with Heath on the draft. You want me to back up to your pick? Is that what it is? Yes, yes. While
2: I was talking about David Njoku, I drafted another tight end, Taysom Hill. Uh, I was not looking to do that. Okay, so uh,
0: as you see, we are we are we are more concerned about our jobs than we are about the mock draft. So we will allow Heath to uh, re- back it, back up his uh, his pick and make his selection, and he takes Kirk Cousins, who might maybe be a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. All right, so Heath, since you've already oh. picked and you are the first one in the uh, in the draft in terms of where you selected, you had the third pick. So let's pull up your team here and see what uh, what you did. I'll let you read your team yourself. So start with quarterback and go down. Then we could uh, we can well we'll grade everybody's teams here.
2: Okay. Yeah, I've got the uh, the quarterback combo of Tua and Kirk Cousins. If Tua plays 17 games this year, I think he might be a top five or six quarterback. I've, I've said it before. I've got him ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence. I think he has more upside than Trevor Lawrence does in their particular offenses with their weapons. So I was really happy to get him in the double-digit rounds. Uh, I've got four... Starting backs, once Javante Williams get healthy, and Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, James Conner, and Javante Williams. I've got three wide receivers, young wide receivers I feel good about, in Chase, Devontae Smith, and Drake London. I wish I felt better about my number four and five wide receivers. I'm a little bit thinner at wide receiver than I would like to be. And then I've got Nick Joku at tight end.
0: All right, so uh, let's see. Who wants to grade this one? I'll give it to Scott. Scott, grade Heath's team there, knowing that he's got your favorite quarterback of all time, Kirk Cousins. (laughs)
5: <laughs> i i don't know that he's uh, even close to my favorite <laughs> but uh, as far as being viking fan for quarterbacks go he's he's probably top five <laughs> um yeah this isn't a build i i probably would have done uh he's got a lot of guys on there that i think uh, have a lot of potential that i i generally don't find myself uh drafting. I don't find myself drafting a lot of the Devonta Smiths or the Nick Chubbs and stuff uh, Ezekiel Elliott's, Juju Smith Schusters, Javante Williams. We're not sure how you know how early he's gonna play. But his starting core is, is good. And between those two quarterbacks, he's gonna he's gonna be set there for the entire season. If Nijoku hits, which he very well could, um, you know, it's a it's a really solid starting lineup. That's for Do I
0: have to give it a letter grade? Do yeah, you, that's usually how uh, grades work. All
5: right. <laughs> so on, on the show I do, they don't allow pluses or minuses. Uh, charge is very anti-pluses or minuses. I hate that. Uh, do you allow okay. that?
0: Yes, yes, you can do pluses or minuses.
5: All right, then I'm going B minus on this one. Um, b minus, it's, okay. it's just not my traditional build but it, there's a lot of a lot of potential with it and, and a good right. safe solid i will five, just say
2: like minus. scott fish being the nicest guy in the fantasy industry if he says b minus he thinks <laughs> right
4: an f specifically to put the minus on the b because he wasn't going <laughs> c
1: we also he also could have just gone b but was like no 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 i need to yeah, I need I know, throw this minus on there that's, and really that's an ruin
5: scott this football. day yeah it, right, it's it's really just the depth that you. I don't like the. I don't love the bench on it.
0: <laughs> I think he nailed it, Heath. If he gives you, that's an
1: that's
0: an epic sky. <laughs>
1: which which team was it? Was it mine? I have no idea. I wasn't really listening. I was too busy. No, that was that
0: point. was Heath's team. All right, we're gonna go to Ben next. So Ben, uh, you had the one, two, three, four, five, six pick again. Heath had the third pick. Ben, you had the six pick. So give us a rundown of your team.
4: Yeah, I took uh, Tyree Kill. First, so I'm trying to pull it up because we uh, over on YouTube don't don't have it pulled up right now. But uh, Tyree kill first, uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs talked a little bit about that earlier. Um, Yeah, I mean, I like I I actually usually go a little bit heavier at receiver than this, but Tyree kill Amon Ross, DK Metcalf in the fourth, Pittman in the seventh and Jackson Smith and Jibba, who I think just is going too late here in the ninth. Um, don't really necessarily love pairing him and Metcalf together. I was kind of talking about how some of their upside might be if one of the other you know misses some time or somebody in the in the Seattle passing game misses some time. But um, also don't mind taking them both together. It's I mean, almost like a wide receiver handcuff in some way. Yeah. But um, got the got got I think decent enough receiver depth, even though I don't love it. Um, Gibbs is the the running back one. James Cook, Zach Charbonnet, Antonio Gibbs, and Kendra Miller or he Mostert, just a bunch of dudes that I think. Should have roles um, and, and can make sense as the RB two week to week, not necessarily um, you know every week starters. Gibson's a guy that I really like at this point. I just think with you know uh, Bienemy there, with his athletic profile, just being better than Brian Robinson's really, and Robinson not having a great rookie year, that there might be some some chance that Gibson can get back in favor and kind of be the main back there. Um, th- there's some options there for the RB two spot. The the sort of the pride of the team, I guess, would be going. With some, uh, you know, high end tight end and quarterback ceiling with Kittle and Herbert both in the fifth and sixth round, that you get kind of a lack of depth at receiver and running back when you hit both those onesie positions early. At the same time, you know, it, it makes up for not having a strong RB two, for example, if you can get strong quarterback and tight end production in, in given weeks. And I think there's enough depth at receiver. And if Gibbs is a star at RB one, I mean, that's a lineup that can still put up a lot of points. I think. Dave, give it a grade.
3: I'm really worried about those running backs, and, and I have come around on Gibbs. I would have liked him to be a little bit stronger at running back and and maybe not so reliant on the young guys, but I understand how Ben thinks. And I think he's going to be just fine a quarterback. I know people are nervous about Justin Herbert. I think he'll be good. I'm giving him a B-plus, and I would assume that over the course of the year, Ben won't have to do much with his wide receivers. He'll cultivate the waiver wire and find himself a running back or two that he can use with Gibbs. Hopefully, Gibbs stays healthy and he can contend for a playoff spot. All right, Dave, um, you're on.
1: Did, okay. Did, I right. get t- did, somebody, did somebody get taken for me? Or delightful, who, who whatever, Taysom what, Hill now. Whatever Murray is threw me out of the draft room. I don't know. What is Murray? No, you
0: got Hunter Renfro. You all right with that? That's fine. All right. Take Dave, me. you're up did, now. You had the uh
3: ninth Did pick, Dave I give a grade? I think I was at eight, two, four, six. You're eight.
0: eight. Yes.
3: Eight. I'm eight, and I took Bijan. And I've got Bijan ranked behind Jonathan Taylor. And I'll tell you what, after studying Bijan a little bit more and seeing how the draft unfolded, I think I'm going to move Bijan ahead of Jonathan Taylor. And I think it also makes sense with Richardson in in Indianapolis. You've really got to bank on Taylor maximizing his efficiency and scoring a ton of touchdowns to outperform Bijan Robinson. Of course, you've got to assume that Bijan goes on and has an efficient year himself, but I like his chances to do so. He's one of my favorite talents at running back that we've seen in the last five years. Went with wide receiver after that, Garrett Wilson, Calvin Ridley, and those are going to be my two studs at wide receiver. I really punted on the position otherwise, particularly given this is a three-receiver league and half PPR. It's something that I do regret and wish that I had done a better job with. Aaron Jones, I couldn't resist in round four. Kyle Pitts is probably where I could have taken a wide receiver, but I like the value on Pitts, and Pitts was schemed open a ton last year, and Marcus Mariota just could not find him. I think Ritter will be a little bit more accurate than Marcus Mariota was, and I think it'll pay off. I think Pitts has a chance to be the top target getter, yards getter, and touchdown getter in Atlanta. Makes for a weird combo with Bijan, but I'll just deal with it. Cam Akers was unpassable in round six. We know how he finished last year. Jamie, you mentioned the value on Trevor Lawrence. I talked about Jamison Williams as a high upside sleeper in round eight. Couldn't pass on two more running backs after that. Khalil Herbert, I think, is going to be the starter in Chicago. I think Alexander Madison might end up being the starter in Minnesota. So I'm kind of betting on the come with that. Last four picks, all wide receivers. One of these guys will be my wide receiver three for the first six weeks of the season Hodgins, Mechie, Zay Jones, and DJ Chark in Carolina.
0: Well, give it a grade.
3: I'm giving Dave a grade. Yes. I mean, I have to
1: look him in the eyes and tell him it's a C minus. Like, do I really have to do this? It's fine. <laughs> it's a mock draft. It's all good. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I think that the, I mean, I have, look, I, I think Ridley is, a, I mean, Ridley's obviously a very special talent. It is pretty crowded in Jacksonville. You know, th- th- I think they believe their defense will improve. I think we could see more volume for Lawrence and, and certainly Ridley could end up being the number one there, but, You know, I mean, with all the freaking New York Packers that are being brought into to the Jets, I I just worry a little bit about the target volume you're going to see for those those top two guys. And then, you know, when your third guy is is Jamison Williams, um, again the the you know the 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 fact that these are all the suspended wide receivers aside, like I I think the wide receiver group there like is 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 definitely shaky. Um, And then you have the you know Bijan Monster, like he's a stud. But Aaron Jones and Cam Akers, a little bit tenuous. Pitts should be better. Um, I don't know. I think I just think the wide receiver, in a three-wide receiver, half-point PPR league, it's a little shaky at the top for you.
4: So see Well, would you is. say that he that he rolled the dice on, on that wide receiver group? <laughs> Thank you, then. I, I was and, actually going to use roll the dice, and I, I, <laughs> I, I, I egged.
3: I completely, and let's face uh, it, if, if the receivers hit, jackpot, baby. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, like, well, I mean, like just to, I mean, and f- feel free to crap on my draft all you want, but like, oh, I, I, I would, I would personally rather get, and you know, this goes back to ph- philosophical approaches to, you know, fantasy football, you know, zero RB, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I would rather roll the dice on running backs hitting personally and go into the year knowing that I've got wide receivers who are going to get volume, even if, you know, maybe I'm taking a chance on the quarterback a, a little bit more.
0: All right, Will, you're up, Dave. You're not going to get a chance to grade his draft because we got to keep. everybody Oh, else I'm going to grade so. it. It's <laughs> the grade's coming. It's an A plus. <laughs> well, give us a rundown of your team. Yeah, I mean, I actually uh, would
1: have gone, gone. Bijan. I wanted Bijan there instead, but I was happy to get Cooper Cup. I think that's a pretty steep discount for a guy who. Was the best player in fantasy two years ago, and is going to get a bit of a Sean McVay's got to prove that last year wasn't you know wasn't abnormality. You know how are they not going to improve what they have on the offensive line, or at least adjust the schematic approach? I think Matthew Stafford was hurt the entire season. We all know my affinity for him. Um, Devonte Adams again discount. Like why is he going? Why is he so much cheaper? Is it because it was boom bust last year? Is it because he quote unquote downgraded at quarterback? I don't see that. I think I got. Two potential wide, like overall wide receiver, one to like guys in, in these first two rounds, and I'm sort of it's the old you know there's a, something shinier and newer in front of people that they don't want to invest it in these guys. Um, Allen, you, you have still the the red zone upside with the rushing. I don't like to go quarterback that early, but I think I've sort of come around to the idea of using an earlier pick on a, on a rushing quarterback, and then Ken Walker really this this zone in this in in 4 to 4 to 7 is kind of tough if you go wide receiver wide receiver quarterback because you are just gambling on some situational stuff uh at at the running back position Mike Williams Marquise Brown had him a little bit you know in in sort of teared up it wasn't who I really wanted to go with and then maybe reach a little bit of Evan Ingram I think shot Penny here is I don't know, man. He, if he plays 16 games, and that's probably not going to happen, but that dude could lead the league in rushing. And so I, those are sort of my gambles of Walker, Penny, Montgomery, where if it, it's so early in the offseason, an injury happens, and all of a sudden you've got a guy who's going to go a lot earlier. Same sort of philosophy you described with Kamara. And then probably should have taken some more, you know, thrown some more darts in the back end at, at running back, but felt like i liked some of these wide receivers particularly from a uh, lazard with with uh rogers upside boyd you know really undervalued and, and you know <laughs> joe burrow and then i think josh Downs. people don't know man josh Downs is a special player he might not be out there 100 percent of the snaps but when he's when he is he is going to be getting fed underneath and, and can really be explosive should return at least a couple punts to the house i think and renfro i mean look dude guy is like my older
0: brother. How can I not draft him? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ben, give it a grade.
4: Um, yeah, no, I mean, we'll just mention that uh, the running back four to seven. We finally got the running back dead zone reference that I was trying to hit earlier when he mentioned four to seven is kind of a tough spot to be hitting running back. He hits two there. I, I mean, I don't hate the Ken Walker pick. I mentioned earlier I, I do like the talent. I do kind of hate the David Montgomery pick, to be honest, because I'm, I'm, I'm in on Jameer Gibbs. But I'm with him that Penny – uh is a really nice pick in the ninth round i think he really fits that backfield the ways that the running backs score points with the eagles we have the mobile quarterback i was talking earlier they don't throw to the running backs as much you, you but you'll get a yards per carry boost typically with the mobile quarterback for, even for the running back and we've seen miles sanders be a really efficient runner there penny been very efficient runner in seattle i think as you know working off sort of the the zone read stuff he should be able to run really effectively up the middle and probably a better bet for the goal line work than swift i really like his price and how he fits it's up. I mean, the running backs are, are the make or break because Cup and Adams are incredibly good. Josh Allen's incredibly good. He hits a couple, you know, mid to late round tight end options that I'm fine with at those prices. I agree with him that uh, he should have taken some running back flyers late as opposed to just adding, you know, a lot of guys that are probably just roster cloggers. When you have Cup and Adams already kind of locked into two spots, you have Mike Williams, you have Marquise Brown. Probably don't need four receivers at the end of this draft. But I mean, it's a good draft. I, I like a lot of the names in it. There's a lot of upside. Um, the the big Big, you know, issue for me is Walker and Montgomery in the dead zone. I think you probably could have hit an elite tight end there, or, or got even yeah. stronger receiver early. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a B. That's what. Uh, I and that. in my defense, I,
1: I probably would have changed those picks in the back end, but I just had those guys in my queue and got lazy and didn't want to make anybody
0: back it up. So <laughs> for sure. All right, uh, my team's last. I had the 11th pick. I got Lamar Jackson their quarterback. Jonathan Taylor and Tony Pollard at running back. This is where it gets ugly. DeAndre Hopkins, Jahan Dodson, and Jordan Addison at receiver. Uh, Dallas Goddard at tight end. Joe Mixon at flex. Uh, running backs on the bench, not very many. Devin Singletary and Clyde Edwards there I loaded up a receiver trying to get some help there with uh, Nico Collins, Romeo Dobbs, Elijah Moore, and K.J. Osborne. So I should probably let Scott do it since he'll give me a favorable grade, but, Heath, I'll let you grade this one.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I think, like, you've got Lamar – and you've got with Taylor, Pollard, and Mixon, like the running backs are insane. Tight end, you are above average with Dallas Goddard. Yes, your wide receivers are pretty terrible. But, <laughs> but if you're going to be in that situation, be a lead everywhere else. And yeah. I think you might be. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like this. I am um, trying to – couldn't hardly see which wide receivers it were. I, I like Jordan Addison a lot. Um, I like Dotson a lot. I think those guys can be number two slash number three wide receivers. I'm going to I'm gonna give it an A-. Wow.
0: I'm surprised. All right, I'll take it. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you guys for taking part in this uh, this mock draft. Uh, make sure you check out Ben Gretsch at Yards for Gretsch. Ben, what are you up to these days where everybody can get your work?
4: Yeah, I just got the newsletter over at Substack, uh, Stealing Signals newsletter. You saw it on on CBS a few years ago every week at, during the regular season. You can find that at
0: bengretsch.substack.com. And follow Scott Fish at Scott Fish, right? 24, yep. At Scott Fish 24. And, Scott, uh, what's coming up next for you? Fishbowl?
5: Uh, Yeah, Fishbowl stuff. We got Fantasy Cares Eliminators coming this week uh, to you know to raise some money. But we got Fishbowl in July. You can sign up now, scottfishbowl.com. Um, first wave of invites should be next week. Got a bunch of live drafts around the country. It's going to be fun.
0: And we all love taking part in the Fishbowl. Thank you for always including us. And I'm sure we'll do a uh, Fishbowl mock draft on the show. So, We'll have you back amongst other times that we'll have both of you guys, Ben and Scott, back on the show. Check out the Pick Six podcast with Will Brinson. Uh, Will, when's next episode drop?
1: Him. uh, uh. Tomorrow, I don't know. <laughs> 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 Just wake
0: anyway.
2: up.
1: Uh, no, I think um, we today. There's an episode today with Bra- so. Well, I mean, to my defense, we're uh, we have it is it is a great show, but we also have with the first pick podcast, which we use at the NFL and CBS rundown. Ryan Wilson and Rick Spielman, and so draft season szn. Uh, we sort of merge those two. There's a lot of uh syn- synchronicity and and other buzzwords that are that. Or office friendly. (laughs) Um, We have three episodes a week right now. Brady Quinn episode came out today, and then uh, in which Brady compared the AFC Flowers Antonio Brown, which is just wild. Should check that out. And then we um, we have an episode on Friday. We have an episode on Friday breaking down the NFL schedule, of course.
0: All right, and we will be back uh, again with the uh, Fantasy Football Today podcast on Thursday. I'm sure Adam will scream at us for going an hour and 10 minutes, but that is what we do because we try to give you the best content we can. So, again, hit the like button on YouTube. Make sure you check out our podcast as well. For Heath, for Dave, I'm Jamie, and all of our cast of characters, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is the Fantasy Copeland.